Do you or someone you love need to know more about salvation? Go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today. What if you were wrong? I've been wrong before. I may be wrong again. The Holy Ghost is never wrong. It's okay. I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. This is what I'm talking about. Let me pray for you. Do you know Jesus Christ? Let me introduce you to him. I promise you, if you will let me pray, he will manifest himself to you right here, right now, today. Now that's the gospel. Last time on Sunday Sermons, Pastor Eddie Mason asked this question. If you had to preach nothing but what Christ had accomplished through you, what would you be preaching? As Christians, we have an opportunity to show this world the ultimate solution in Jesus Christ. But in order to do that, we can't be so afraid of failure that we don't even try. And now, here's Pastor Eddie with the continuation of his sermon, Part of the Solution. Look what Paul said in Romans 15, 18. I will not venture to speak anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Huh? Through who? Say that one more time. Through who? If you had to preach nothing but what Christ had accomplished through you, what would you be preaching? For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. By word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way down to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. I have what? Fulfilled. Turn to your neighbor and say, fulfilled. You're going to fulfill your callings in life. You better learn how to preach the gospel, and you better do it out of not only out of the knowledge, but out of experience. You can't have an experience until you get out there and do something. Well, Eddie, Eddie, nothing. We prayed for a little girl at, at, at three dollar the other day. That's Paul's fault. That's an expensive place, Paul. We prayed for a little girl over there, and. Uh, as we began to pray for her, we'd been cutting up with her and talking to her. And I said, before you go, I want to tell you something. I said, uh, God, Jesus loves you. And you've kind of walked away from him, but he's calling you back. That girl broke like a river. She cried and cried and cried. And she couldn't stop crying. She would turn around and she would wipe her eyes and tears would flow again. Was that the power and presence of Eddie? No, that was the power and presence of the Holy Ghost. He's challenging her. She said, my mom and my grandmama want me to get back in church. Woohoo! Now you've had your invitation through Jesus himself. Come on. Well, what if you were wrong? I've been wrong before. I may be wrong again. The Holy Ghost is never wrong. It's okay. I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. You know what? I like what John Wimber said about faith. He said, faith is climbing up on that 12-foot board, 12-foot high. And he said, and looking down and seeing that the swimming pool is empty. And you jump off head first anyway, expecting the pool to be full when you get there. He said, that's faith. And somebody answered, John, what if it's not full? He said, you bust your little head. You get out, you climb up, and you do it all over again. I love it. I love it. 
You know, people that are afraid to fail are nothing but cripples. You're crippled when you're afraid to fail. Why? Because it takes the try right out of you. And when the try comes out of you, the manifest power of the Holy Spirit isn't there. You see, I had that experience I told you about this morning with the blind man. You think I've stopped praying for blind people? Not to, the, not to ever, not ever. I have an expectation that blind eyes are opening. Well, have you seen it yet? I hadn't. My daddy has. Bobby has, hadn't you, Bobby? You know why they saw it? Because they did something. I promise you this, you never play for a blind person, none of them's ears or, or eyes are ever going to open. Ears too. I'm thinking about another situation. But anyway, I just want to encourage you. Do something. You know, that's not Nike's logo. Just do it. That's God. Elijah said that a long time ago up on Mount Carmel. He looked up in God and he said, do it, God. God said, poof, and exploded the sacrifice and licked up all the water. Elijah stepped back and God stepped in. 1 Corinthians 2.4, Paul says, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, hmm, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Oh, my. That ought to be the motto of the church today. We have become so dependent. We, you know, we talk about people not having Bibles I got a phone. It must have 900 different Bibles in it. Man, and if that's not enough, it's got, it has another 900 commentaries. It's always interesting to me in these commentaries that it takes 10 times as many words in the commentaries as it did the inspired writers of the, of the Bible to write what they wrote. Right. Now, I'm not telling you don't read commentaries, but you know some people begin to believe the commentaries and the notes in the Bible are Scripture. They're not. They're not. You know what those men did? They began to seek the Holy Spirit and they found out what the Holy Spirit. Can I encourage you to begin to seek the Holy Spirit and have a revelation understanding of what God is saying? I'll bring you what revelation I have, but that's not good enough. Because you don't get it all. I can't give it all to you. Faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Look what Isaiah 61, 8 says. For I am the Lord. For I, the Lord, excuse me, love justice. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves justice. But we're not talking about American justice. We're not talking about Islamic justice. We're not talking about Russian justice. We're not talking about Chinese justice. We're talking about kingdom justice. God said, I love justice. I love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. You see those people we take advantage of, those people that we, 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 that we just do wrong. He said, I hate that. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with him. With those that he hates? No. With, with God's people. He's talking about Israel. Yeah, he is. Turn to your neighbor and say, natural and spiritual Israel. That's what he's saying. I will faithfully give them recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring, hello offspring, 
Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I am blessed. You know, we all around all the time saying Jews are blessed, Jews are blessed. I hate to tell you this, Christians are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. But we got to quit talking about who else is blessed. We got to understand that we are the blessed of the Lord. And the whole nation needs to see that we're the blessed of the Lord. While they're trying to screw everything up and change what is natural, guess what? We get to hold steady the course of the Lord and people begin to see us. Now they'll throw rocks at first. But when their world begins to tear up, they will begin to embrace what God has said. They will get recompense for their evil faults and deeds. You need to pray for a lot of people. Look what he said. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Let me ask you a question. Are you clothed in the garments of salvation? Herman's been preaching on what? The armor of God. That's part of the clothing of salvation. Helmet from head to toe. I'm clothed in it. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. I've been clothed with his righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself out like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. Whoo. You're part of the solution. I don't believe y'all believe God's word. Let me me read that to you one more time. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts. Does the earth bring forth sprouts? And as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. He said, before all the nations, he will cause praise and worship to rise up. Come on, praisers. Come on, worshipers. Come on, let's do what God has said. He said, I'm going to raise them up, and they're going to worship me in the spirit and in truth. You're not going to be able to stop them from praising me. The economy falls, praise God. The economy's great, praise God. You know, those in my household have left, praise God. Those in my household are coming back, praise God. Why? I'm going to worship him because he is the God of all creation. He is the God of my salvation. He is the God of my hope. He is the God of my deliverance. He is the God of everything that I have or ever will have. Why wouldn't I praise him? Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. And so he said, he said I'm telling you that the bridegroom is going to look like priest adorned with a headdress. There's a picture of William Brannan whose life didn't end so well, but who moved in great signs, wonders, and miracles, and they kept it, the Smithsonian, they, had, they kept it there. And this is where you could do all this uh, filtering and, and all this changing, and there's a picture of him with a halo of fire over the top of his head. It's real enough they put it in the Smithsonian Institute. Look what he said, priest. He's going to adorn you with a headdress. You know what that headdress is? It's Jesus. So you see, he, he is the head of all. 
And so when He adorns you, He adorns you with His glory. He becomes the headdress that's over you. And He said, like a bride adorned with jewelry. You know what your jewelry is? Come on. Signs, wonders, miracles, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For That means for the bride not to be operating in the place that she's called in, she's naked. She's wearing rags in the presence of the king. Jesus tells us a story, doesn't he, about a man that slips into the wedding feast and he's not adorned in the right clothing and he gets kicked out. What's he supposed to be wearing? He better have on that salvation, that righteousness, the blood of Jesus, and he better be adorned in the jewelry of the king. Am I making sense to anybody this morning? I just want to encourage your faith. Eddie, I hadn't seen it happen. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Herman made this comment to me one time. You, you want to know how to make multi-million dollars in baseball? Fail at the plate 67% of the time. That's how you make a lot of money. Why? Because if you only fail 67% of the time, you've got a 333 batting average, and you're batting for the title every year. You're only, you're only good for every one and three at bats. You know something? I'd take that right now in the kingdom, wouldn't you? I'd take 10% right now. I just want to see us move because I know if we can get to 10%, we can get to 20. If we can get to 20, we can get to 30. And if we can get to 30, we can get to 50. And if we can get to 50, we can move to 75. If we can get to 75, the church will get to 100. Hmm. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Isaiah 61 says Jesus tells about his anointing. Let me ask you this question. Who has Jesus' anointing now? Turn to your neighbor and say, you do. You do. I'm going to read two more things and then I'm going to quit. I read the mission statement of the Muslim Brotherhood for America. It's not all Muslims now. This is the Muslim Brotherhood. The process of settlement is a civilization jihadist process. With all the word means, the Muslim Brotherhood must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of believers. Now, you do understand these are extremists. We're not talking about regular Islam. I want to make that real clear. But they have rallied around this mission statement. They have designated cities to win. Let me give you one of them. Detroit, Michigan. Nine cents out of every petrodollar from Saudi Arabia comes to build mosques in the United States of America. Go to Canada and look at the different cities that they targeted. Why? Because they have a mission. They move their whole families. They give up their entire way of life. They do whatever it takes to move into an area so that they might win a few that they can change. You see, their object is only to win 30% of the population. If they, can make, if they can get 10, they can disrupt life as we know it. If the church would begin to understand her mission statement, as well as Islam, the radical Islam understands there, can I tell you, we could do the same thing. 
We can disrupt the life of the evil one on the earth and we can see salvation come to the planet. But we're not sure what the mission statement of the church is. Look at them. Look at that. That's just one gathering. They have a prayer meeting. People show up. They show up four times a day. They're committed to Allah. Eddie, do you want to be a Muslim? No, sir. I want to move in faith. I want to be compelled by my relationship with Christ to pray. If you're not compelled to pray, then you need to move greater into your relationship with Jesus. I'm challenging you this morning. I'm not being nice, and I know that. But we've been nice for so long that all we have is nominal Christians that walk around bathing in the sun. Mark 16, 15, this is the mission statement of the church. Who gave it? Jesus. He's the king. He gets to establish the vision and the mission. And look what he said. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the mission statement. Let me go back to Islam. Do you think every plan that Islam puts together is successful? The majority of them fail. So if we fail a little bit, we don't want to concentrate on the fail. Well, I tried that witnessing one time. It didn't work. I tried that praying for people. It didn't work. No, it worked. Look what the scripture said. If they believe. He didn't say everybody was going to believe. If they believe, they will be saved. The mission statement of the church is to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel to the whole creation. And this is not what I say preach. This is not what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Let me pray for you. Do you know Jesus Christ? Let me introduce you to him. I promise you, if you will let me pray, he will manifest himself to you right here, right now, today. Now that's the gospel. Well, I don't know whether I want that or not. Fine. I want to come to you. I want to tell you about my friend Jesus. Let me introduce you to him. I promise you, if you let me pray for you, he will manifest himself to you today. Do you want that? Well, I don't know. Who cares? That's not my problem. That's the Holy Spirit's problem. And I may be the first one, and I may be not be the, I may be the second one, or I may be the third one. It may take 10. Any good salesman knows that nobody buys on the first time. You got to ask for the sale seven times. Well, if you've got to ask for the sale seven times, many of us hard-headed heathens had to be asked many, many times before we accepted Christ. I stayed in the church for 14 years without accepting Jesus. It's okay. My job is to fulfill the mission statement. Eddie, are you expecting signs, wonders, and miracles? Do you see them? Yep, all the time? No. But I promise you, I see them more now than I used to. I see them now more than I used to. Listen, I've seen devils manifest. I've seen hearing come back to people. I've seen many, many 
many things that the Holy Spirit does. So tell me all you want to. What I'm telling you to do is let faith begin to increase. Gary and I were in a meeting in Haiti. Devils began to manifest in there. If I remember correctly, they wanted to usher out, and, and uh, you wanted to bring them to us, didn't you? Most of the church is saying, get out of here. The real church is saying, bring them to us. Bring them to us. Why? We got the power. We got the glory. We know the one who can. Let me give you some visible markers that you're fulfilling the mission of the church. Worship is prevalent and unified. That means you see the escalation of unity in the church. And when worship begins to rise up, it begins to rise up out of everybody. And until it's rising up out of everybody, there's no unification there. But that's one of the, that's one of the markers that says we're coming into unity. That's one of the markers that says we are family. Love for the body is increased. You begin to love the people that are around you more than you do now. Charity is displayed openly and abundantly. You can't turn a, a, a deaf ear or turn your eyes away from people that are hurting. Believers are witnessing in the marketplace, in their neighborhoods, and on their jobs. Prayers focused on the needs of others. Signs and wonders happen on a regular basis. The harvest of souls on an everyday occurrence. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.